Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. A headless man is being jostled by the freaking out horse and spraying blood. All he has on is his pants. Maybe he was changing into his pajamas. The constable checks the pockets while Stone looks at the man's hand. He has a business card. It says his name, Bruce. He was writing something before he died. Some of his right hand is covered in black ink, like it was spilled. So you're saying he was abducted in his house? His head was taken completely off. It was a clean and parallel cut. There's no way that this was done with a knife. Some kind of thin wire and some incredible force. That would mean the attack happened around... 11.46. We'll get the horse to her right away. Who did you say the owner was? Miss Carly Redback! That's the only thoroughbred in all of England that's pure white. Who was drugged. How can you tell? The bits of cloth in his nostrils. Chloroform is an anesthetic. There's a hook screwed into the wall with a wire attached to the hook. It's about 15 feet long. Ah, piano wire. No one has access to my stables except for me. I had a Dr. Taylor as my doctor. His intern was very kind. I hope he would become a doctor soon, but he was fired, I think. And who was his intern? Mr. Owen DeWitt. Thank you. I had to fire Mr. DeWitt two months ago, so... Mr. Griggs got the job. Why did you fire him? Every time I had him lock up the office, I noticed some of the inventory went missing. He tried to blame Mr. Griggs, but no one was at the office when he was. I asked Mr. Griggs about it, but he told me that he had nothing to do with it. He would tell me that Mr. Griggs offered to close up for him, but Mr. Dewitt was always the one to sign out. One day, Mr. Dewitt's girlfriend came over to the office with a bundle of chloroform and needles and such, and saying she had found this in his bedroom. She said she noticed Mr. Dewitt having some more cash flow recently, and she believed this to be the cause of it. So, for lying and stealing... Who is this girlfriend? Dora Boones. Although, when she came to me, it almost seemed like she was trying to sell me her story. Can you tell us anything else about Griggs or Dewitt? They seemed on relatively good terms as far as I could tell, so I had to fire Dewitt. Dewitt seemed very angry at Griggs for that. After I fired Dewitt, the inventory loss stopped. But about two days ago, I came up with a bottle of chloroform shorts. Today marked a year. So, you two have been dating for a year. Can I ask if you know a Mr. Owen Dewey? I don't know him. There's a bunch of ink spilled all over the table and floor. He was in the middle of writing to his girlfriend. Listen to this. Dear Dora, you'll be pleased to know that still no one is the wiser of our little ruse. I'm supposing that this is when he was abducted. Stone, look, it's bolt cutters. That means whoever kidnapped Griggs left the bolt cutters here in his house after grabbing the horse. We would like to know if anyone came in here yesterday to buy piano wire. Actually, a person did come in here who also had a pair of chain cutters. Shepard, I just solved the case. Come on, Shepard, let's go nab the killer. Now we return to Samantha Stone and Chief Shepard figuring out the grisly murder in the music shop. Whoa, wait, there's been a murder? And you figured out by what I said? I didn't even say that much. Don't worry about it, chap. This happens all the time. It's best if you just accept it. But I think she figured out because of the pronoun you used just now. What pronoun? He. You said that he had a pair of chain cutters. That means the murderer is undoubtedly Mr. DeWitt. He was a tall man with shaggy brown hair, right? Actually, yes. I have a feeling to how you know it's him, but I'll let you explain this. Let's go talk to Mr. DeWitt. It'll all be explained then. Shepard and Stone get into the police carriage and travel back to Mr. DeWitt's house. They knock on his door and he answers. Um, back so soon? Did you need something else? We know you are the murderer. Ah, Shepard, you have to say that with more flair. If you're going to be so boring, you should just leave it to me. (sighs) Mr. DeWitt, you have blood on your hands and we have come to make you pay the price. Happy now. You're a jerk. Okay, excuse me, is this a joke? Did you... Just accuse me of murder? Yes, yes we did. 
You killed Mr. Bruce Griggs. What? There's no way I killed him. You're crazy. I really hate it when people call me that. You undoubtedly killed him, do it? And we know because of the recent purchase of piano wire at the music store and a pair of bolt cutters. But I'm going to let Stone fit the pieces all together. All right. This is what happened. Yesterday, you decided to buy some thin piano wire at the music store after you had just gotten bolt cutters. You waited until night fell to put your plan into action. When the horse trainer fell asleep, you stole her prized thoroughbred by cutting the chain on the stable with the boat cutters and then rode the horse to Griggs' house. You climbed into the house through the open window and abducted him from his desk by knocking him out using chloroform, which spilled ink everywhere. You rode the horse and him to a secluded area near a sturdy wall and then tied him up to the horse to simulate like he was riding it. You attached the piano wire to the wall using a sturdy nail that was embedded into the wall and then slipped the piano wire over his head. You made sure to have a good length of wire so the horse could gain speed. After that, I'm sure you allowed the man to wake up so you could taunt him a bit before setting the horse off running. As the horse gained momentum, the piano wire sliced cleanly through the man's head and it popped off, leaving him dead. Okay, so that's how it was done, but how could you prove it was me? Because you had motive. You killed him because he lied to the dentist saying you stole all those goods when in fact he did. He took your hours to close up, but he stole goods as well. He also didn't state that he was the one closing up. When confronted, the man lied through his teeth and threw you to the wolves. The dentist fired you and hired him. Then your girlfriend left you for him. That was a straw that broke the camel's back, was it not? Look, I know what happened, okay? I told you what happened. That still doesn't prove I'm the killer. Maybe not, but the store owner identified you as the man who bought just one piano wire. That's highly suspicious, don't you think? And I think you should know that Miss Boones was never your girlfriend. What? He's right. She was dating Griggs the whole time you two were supposedly together. She was just using you so that they could both get you fired, so Griggs could have the job. She went to the dentist with all the stolen merchandise, saying that she found it in your apartment and that you were guilty. That's the only reason the dentist was certain you took it, because she lied through her teeth as well. They played you. You were nothing but a means to an end. That witch... So that's why she always went home at dark instead of staying with me. She got me fired as well as that snake. I should have killed her too, if only I had known. I hope that allows you to sleep at night. Come on, we're taking you in. What? I didn't do anything wrong. That snake was a thief and a liar. He had what was coming to him. And you're a murderer. And now you have what's coming to you. I'm sure you will be thrilled to know that Miss Boones is going to be arrested as well for the stolen goods. You're right, Shepard. She was an accessory to that crime. Shepard cuffs DeWitt and puts him into the carriage. Stone and Shepard ride to the police station and drop him off. Well, we finished it finally. All in a day's work. Yes, now it's time to get some much-needed rest. I agree. Take me home, please, Shepard. Excuse me? Take me home! Use that carriage of yours and take me home! This is the station's carriage, not mine. Whatever, just bring me home. You're awfully pushy for someone who doesn't want to do things for others. What is that supposed to mean? Aren't you going to tell me what you mean by liking me, Lord? Excuse me? What? Did you really mean that you love me? I'll just walk home. All right, all right, I'm sorry. Look, Stone, I only tease because you tease me a lot too. I like you a lot too, okay? If you didn't mean anything by it, then fine. Well, it's not like it meant nothing. Come on, I'll take you home, okay? Stone gets up and starts walking out. Shepard gets up and follows her. Stone nods and the two of them leave. 
WCUG Cougar Radio presents the 10th episode of the radio drama Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention for this show is interactive. It is January 1st, 1891 in the festive city of London around midnight. The residents are celebrating the new year with parties and get-togethers and similar jubilees. The courageous police chief Carter Shepard, the bold private investigator Samantha Stone, and the plucky little boy Charles enjoy each other's company while partaking in the jovial carnival that is happening in the murderous streets. The people of London are in masks, dancing to upbeat and joyous tunes, eating and drinking from many street vendors, and talking about resolutions for the year all along the street square illuminated with fiery torches. The kids are playing in the streets with kites, firecrackers, and marbles, while many just run around for adults. With each firework set off, the people cheer. It's truly an ecstatic event. Even in the face of the headless horseman murder, the people still celebrate. Will this brazen attitude prove fortuitous? Or will the people hang for their transgressions? Well, let's tune in and find out. Shepard Stone and Charles are by the food vendors watching the dancing jesters trying to get the audience to laugh. <laughs> this is silly, Miss Stone. Look, they keep on following that lady around trying to see her underwear. <laughs> Rather gaudy sense of humor they have. Don't they know kids are watching? They don't claim to be wholesome, Stone. That's why they are called jesters. Besides, they're just getting into the spirit of things. Yes, I suppose so. It is a marvelous event, the new year. Do you have any resolutions for this year? Yes, to solve 20 more cases than last year. How many cases did you solve last year? 138. Really? I hadn't even noticed it was so many. Man, London is really murderous town, isn't it? That's, like, a little scary. Well, I hope you won't solve 20 more. I hope we solve all the cases, of course, but I hope it's less than a hundred. I'd rather keep the body count low this year. That means we're actually doing our job. You mean you're actually doing your job? My job revolves around murder. Do you want to put me out of business? For the sake of keeping the death rates in London lower than the birth rates, yes. Oh, stop it. I didn't mean it like that. Oh, look! Over there, Shepard! They have those little lemon cakes that I like. Every year they make those lemon cakes, and every year you eat like 20. And then you complain later to me that you gained weight. When will you stop this? Stone hits him in the arm and glares. Oh, just get me the bloody cake already! Shepard chuckles and goes to get the cake. Hey! Bonnie's over there with the other kids! They actually let her out of the factory! Can I go play with her? You've been playing with her a lot lately, haven't you? Is there something you want to tell me? Stone puts her hands on her hip and smirks. Charles groans and slumps his shoulders. Oh, stop! She's just a friend. I swear it. Can I please go play? Oh, sure, Charlie. But if I were you, I'd use some of your New Year's money and get her a small slice of cake or something. I bet she'd really like it. Cake. Right. Okay. I'll see you later, Miss Stone. Charles runs off as Shepard returns with two slices of lemon cake. Shepard hands her one. So you got a slice as well, hmm? Yes, that would be correct. Well then, who's the fatty now? Still you. You're a jerk! <laughs> and you walked right into that one. Stone frowns and then starts to eat her cake. This cake is really good. At least you have good taste. Did you think I just ate the cakes for the heck of it? Of course they're good. Where did Charlie go? Ah, he went to play with Bonnie and the other kids. Oh really? He's been hanging around her a lot lately, hasn't he? He says it's nothing. 
but he took my advice about getting her something nice. Our little buddy is laying on the charm. <laughs> Our little buddy? Oh, shush. You know what I mean. Well, while he's occupied, let's walk around and look at the festivities, hmm? Yes, that sounds nice. Stone smiles, and Shepard smiles as well. Stone then shivers. How about we stop by the food booth again and get some tea? I think that'll help us warm up a bit. Stone and Shepard go to the food booth and get tea. A few hours pass as the festivities continue and the two walk around the street square, enjoying themselves. As 1 a.m. changes to 3 a.m., the street starts to quiet down as people move to the front to watch the New Year's play at a pageant wagon. Charles runs up to Stone with Bonnie, holding hands. Hey, Miss Stone, Chief, are we going to watch the theater performance? Of course. But aren't you going to be courteous and formally introduce us to your friend? Well, you guys already know Bonnie. You know, from the factory murder. Uh, Bonnie, this is Miss Stone and Chief. Nice to see you again, Miss Stone and Chief. And thanks for letting me play with Charlie. I like him a lot. And I like her. I thought you said it wasn't like that. Well, now it is. Congratulations, you two lovebirds. I suppose magical things really do happen on New Year's Day. And hopefully I'll be able to get out of the factory someday. Stone looks a bit sad at that as horns blare to prove the start of the play. Stone lights up. Oh my gosh, look, Shepard. It's Diana Snyder's traveling troupe. They're the ones doing the New Year's play? How exciting. Yes, and I wonder what the play is going to be. All the actors are in front of that curtain. It seems like they want to keep us hooked by not showing off the background yet. Stone grabs Shepard's hand and pulls him along to the play. Charles and Bonnie follow. Come on, we can't miss this! Welcome, one and all, on this glorious day! Feast your eyes upon the marvel that is our traveling troupe. We travel day and night to bring you the best performance we can offer the great city of London! In this night of great jubilee, we bring you a murder, or ten. A star-crossed love story with an unrighteous man and woman. A terrible horror like nothing else you've ever seen. Please enjoy. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The actors run off stage as the people cheer. Then the curtain is dropped and the cheering turns to screams. Shepard! Already on it. You gather the suspects. I'll get the rest of the policemen on crowd control. Stone runs to get the suspects as the woman continues to bleed down the wall, crucified. Do you smell something wicked? Because there's something spooky in the air tonight. Make sure you don't smell something foul this Halloween with Daisy's Secret Scents Limited Fall Edition. Delicate scents of pumpkin, cinnamon, musk, and cider will grace your exotic side for your big night howling at the moon. You'll never go unnoticed at the next party this season because every werewolf will be tamed by your scent. Shop over the phone or on your next visit to Daisy's Secret Scent for our limited fall edition of perfumes. Remember, the best accessory is the one you wear all night, even after the ghouls have gone to bed. happens outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for their nightly jamborees. 
There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes And some with fangs about this size Some short and fat, some tall and thin Some don't even bother to wear their skin Oh, oh I'm telling you, brother It's a frightful sight to see what goes on in the night Spooks have a midnight jamboree They break it up with fiendish glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed Is the headless horseman, he's the worst When he goes a-jogging across the land Holding a noggin in his hand Demons take one look and groan And hit the road for parts unknown And there's no wraith like a spooky spurn They don't like him and he's really burnt He swears to the longest day he's dead He'll show them that he can get ahead Lock the doors Unless you're careful He'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause he'll clip your top If it'll fit And he likes them little Likes them big Part in the middle Or a wig Black or white Or even red The headless horseman Needs a head With a hip hip And a clippity clop He's out looking for a top-to-chop So don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man So after dark, you can't be good Stay at home the way that you should Cause right outside and waiting there Is the headless horseman Beware. Man, I'm getting out of here. It's that time of year again, folks. The time for ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and most importantly, pumpkins. At Patrick's Pumpkin Patch, we have the finest selection, the great American pumpkin. On our farm, we go every size and color of pumpkin available. Great big orange pumpkins for all your Halloween dreams. Small delicate white pumpkins for your Thanksgiving table. And for the little ones, we've got our free hayride through our pumpkin field so you can pick out your very best pumpkin. So make sure you stop by today at Patrick's Pumpkin Patch. Here for all your pumpkin needs. Stone Shepherd Charles and several suspects stand around the grisly site before a police officer closes the curtain. This is terrible! Another dead body haunts our pageant wagon! Yes, what are the odds, hmm? Ah, oh, you know, when we left here about two months ago, we didn't have a sniff of blood. But right when we step foot in this cursed town, we get another murder! Oh, come now. London isn't cursed. Yeah, right. We weren't even here for a day and death finds us. This is a bad omen. A bad omen? For what? We were going to get married tomorrow. Oh, a wedding? Are we invited? 
Yes, of course. That's why we wanted to perform here for your annual New Year's festival. I didn't know why it was such a big deal to come here, but these two wanted it really bad. Miss Snyder had to pull a lot of strings to get us here. Oh, yes. You are new, aren't you? Yes, he is. This is Dean Brooks. We need to get a new actor to replace Del Pearson and John West. Shouldn't you need two actors for that? We haven't found a good second actor yet. It's only been two months, you know. I just hope we aren't repeating last time's events. You didn't kill her, did you, Brooks? No, of course not. I'd never. Well, that's all well and good, but we must question everyone. And since this is your pageant wagon... We have to be questioned. That's fair enough. But the stage was open all festival. Anyone had access to it, especially the stagehands. Well, they were just the volunteers of the festival, but they were whatever the entertainers needed them to be. They set up the curtains on the stage and the backdrop. The last time we were on stage and saw our backdrop was when we moved the pageant wagon here. We were all together, enjoying the festival. Some of us have never even been to the London Festival. It's quite amazing, actually, you know, besides the murder. Jeez, you guys must get a lot of murder, don't you? You have no idea. Speaking of unfortunate happenings, where did the little girl go? Uh, Bonnie. She said she didn't want to look at the woman on the backdrop, so she went with one of the policemen to help with the crowd control. She wanted me to go with, but I had duty here. You're ten. Charlie. So? You don't have a duty here. I'm valuable and you know it. (sighs) Right, so who are the rest of the suspects? Well, considering what Miss Snyder said was true, and I believe her, the only other suspects we have are the four stagehands here. Four? I thought there were six. Yes, there were three girls and three men. That's what I remember. But these were all of the people signed up to be stagehands for you guys. Does this mean someone was lying? Or someone decided to help without telling someone that they were. So I guess we're looking for a man and a woman, huh? Those are the missing genders. Correct. You didn't send anyone home yet, right, Shepard? Of course not. Especially since we can still salvage this vessel. How? Doesn't everybody know this is a murder? No, actually. We managed to convince everyone that it was all part of the performance of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There were a lot of murders in that play. We thought it was appropriate for the town we were in. Right. But the play should have started by now. We said that there were some technical difficulties. We've got about an hour or two. You can do that, can't you, Stone? We can do it, Shepard. We can do it. And actually, Charles can help. You need to go with one of the theatre members to find that other stagehand. I think I could remember their faces if I saw them. Perfect. You can go with Mr. Brooks, then. Aye, aye. I suppose we're going to talk to the other stagehands, right? Right. And if the troupe can get ready for their performance, that would be great. We might need to ask some more questions, though, so don't go far. Of course not, but what do you mean, our performance? Well, after we catch the crook, the audience is going to need some convincing that this was just a play. It'll be fun. Besides, I don't think anyone needs to be down on New Year's. All right. Just tell me when you've got the killer. Will do. Now go on, Charlie. Brooks, we've got the suspects here to question. You've got two more to catch. Let's go, Mr. Brooks. Charles and Brooks run off. Shepard and Stone turn back to the suspects. All right, so if you four could give me your names and what you worked on in the pageant wagon, we'd be much obliged. Um, hello. I is Adelaide Lettermeyer. I'm from Germany. Husband lives in England. He said I help with play. I help with play. I bring food... And water to persons. Thank you, Mum. When did you move here? Months three past. Right. 
Maybe we should find her husband. I don't think she has much motive if she's not from England, can hardly speak, and only got here three months ago. That makes sense. Next. My name is Mary White. I was asked by a sweet little girl to help with costumes and curtain. She was the only one doing costumes, and since I'm quite good with the needle, she had me help the men out, mostly. That certainly does sound like Miss Garrison, Shepard. I suppose she still is apprehensive about men. Yes, but she put that all aside for Mr. Merriweather. Not a small feat. Indeed. Next. I'm Frederick Fisher. And I'm Ben Fisher. We're brothers. Right. We help with the festival every year. And we've been helping for the past 20 years. We helped this Matthews girl with bringing in all the chairs, equipment, and props. She needed some strong men to get all this stuff in quickly and set it up. Aye, and she got them. We're the strongest men at the festival. And that's why we volunteer. After we volunteer here, we go to other places that need help with the heavy lifting and enjoy the festival. Oh, so you didn't stick around after you helped? We had no reason to. Once all the lights and chairs and stuff were set up, the girl didn't need us anymore, so we went out to help elsewhere. That's the same with me. After I finished the touch-ups on the costumes and helped the men who needed dressing and helped out the girl put the curtain, I left to help my husband out with our food stand. What food stand? Oh, we sell the little cakes that everyone loves so much. Like the little lemon ones. Those seem to be a hit every year with a particular guest. I knew I recognised you. Stone, I saw her when I got the lemon cake for you earlier. So that means she might have an alibi, depending on the time of death. And I must say, you are a bloody genius when it comes to cake, ma'am. Thank you, but it's a joint effort, dear. My husband does just as much as me. You can only get good tasting food if you have a reason to make it. He's my reason. How sweet. Can we have Miss Matthews, Miss Garrison, and Miss Snyder come back, please? The three walk over. You called us over. Yes, we would like to confirm some things. We would like to know if the suspects are telling the truth about what you had them do and when they left you. This woman first, Mrs. Adelaide Rottheimer. Ah, yes, the foreign girl. She brought water and food to the volunteers and us when we needed it. The girl was running back and forth the whole time. And when she wasn't, she was asking for clarification from me. You see, I know a bit of German. Anyway, she hardly had any time to kill someone, nor do I believe she had the reason or means to. Besides... Her husband came and got her right before we started the play. She was never alone at all. Well, that's certainly a load off our shoulders. One suspect definitively crossed off. What about Mrs. Mary White? Oh, she helped me. I had her deal with the fixings on the men's costumes, as well as getting them dressed and helping me set up the curtain to hide the play elements. You know, for surprise. She left after I said she could go. I think that was a few hours before the play started. She said she was going back to her husband. Right. I saw her an hour or so before the play started. It's a shaky alibi, but better than none. What about the two brothers? They helped me with all the technical equipment and the heavy lifting. It would have taken me hours to set up everything, and the three of us got it done in about two or three. They were quite helpful. After we set up everything, I let them go, and they went off to help with other strongman stuff. At least, that's what they told me. You can ask anyone around the festival. We were never out of anyone's sight, and we were always moving. That we can do. We'll have to do it after we look at the body to glean any more we can from it. Oh, by the way, was the curtain closed before the play? Yes, the curtain boxed in the backdrop. The only way to see the backdrop was from the top of it, and that's not humanly possible. It's about 30 feet tall. The only way to the backdrop is to go through the curtain from the sides of the curtain or from the front. So was there a time when the backdrop wasn't watched or when you all weren't around it? Well, yes. 
about two hours ago. We got done with all the preparations and decided to partake in the festival. We came back to start the performance about 20 minutes before we had to be back on stage. So this place was not watched for around an hour and a half. Is that right? Sounds right. Well, at least we know when the murder could have happened. Not exactly. Maybe they killed the victim and then brought the body into the backdrop to tack it up. We won't know for sure until we check the body. Well, let's hope it was within the last two hours. I agree. Stone and Shepard go to look at the body. Carlton's Colorful Candy Store right off the corner of 9th and 10th Street. We've got all your Halloween candy needs. Toffee, licorice, gum, chocolate, and caramel. Need candy for the cuties and costume? Come to Carlton's. Last minute anniversary gift? Got your back at Carlton's. Boyfriend just left you for a different girl? Half a bag of candy at Carlton's. So whatever your occasion, remember Carlton's Colorful Candy Store. And don't forget some Carlton's trick-or-treat bags on your next visit. Supplies limited on the corner of 9th and 10th. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too She's got a hat on 34th and Vine Selling little bottles of love potion number nine I told her that I was a flop with chicks I've been this way since 1956 She looked at my palm and she made a magic sign She said what you need is love potion number nine She said, I'm gonna mix it up right here in the sink. It smelled like turpentine and looked like India ink. I held my nose, I closed my eyes. I took a drink. I didn't know it was a day or night. I started kissing everything in sight. But when I kissed the top at 34th and Vine, it broke my little bottle of love potion number nine. for the ladies. Has your hair leg run rampant? We have a hair removal formula. Don't walk around trick-or-treating as an actual werewolf. Get yourself a cream so the neighbors don't scream. Excuse me? This is my commercial! A good man needs his hair with a product. What about the ladies? You're just talking to the men. The women need their soft, smooth legs. Let them decide for themselves. Get Filament Fillers Hair Growing Cream! Or get smooth with Filament Fillers Hair Removal Cream. Hi, there's a volunteer booth. 
So it is. The two walk up to the booth and Charles looks for the volunteer list. Now we can find the other two suspects. Well, there's a flaw in our little plan. What's that? How are we supposed to find the suspects with some names? You said you could remember their faces? Yes, but there's probably hundreds of volunteers. Finding and looking through them all could take hours. I wouldn't think looking through 30 people would take that long. 30? Really? That's it? Well, not many people want to work for free. Besides, most of the workers here at the festival are just that. Workers. They deal with their own stuff. The volunteers only help out who need it. We don't ask for volunteers, but we don't send them away either. So, what's the allure of helping them? Why would they help out? I suppose they want the festival to be the best it can be. Although, those fisher boys look at the festival as just another way to work out their bodies. Anyway, why are you two here? What's your fancy with the volunteers? Uh... We are part of the theater group, and two of the volunteers that helped us might have taken a prop or something on accident, or just misplaced it. We gotta ask them if they've seen it or where it is. Oh, is that why the play is all held up? Oh, uh, yes, that's part of it. Well, if knowing the volunteers helps, it's the least I can do to give you the list. Oh, and you should know the police have all of the volunteers held together in one place over by the tavern opening. I'd go there. Thank you, ma'am. Goodbye, ma'am. The two leave to go to the tavern's entrance. You know, for an actor, you aren't so good at acting. Excuse me, what you just did there was improvisation and lying to the woman. Well, we had to. Miss Stone said we can't tell people there's been a murder. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look, you might be used to all of this business, but murder is new for me. Just because I couldn't come up with a good lie doesn't mean I can't. Wah, wah, wah. You complain a lot, you know. What? Ugh. And you're a cheeky little monkey. <laughs> like I haven't heard that one before. The two arrive at the entrance. Hello, officers. Would you be able to get the attention of all the volunteers, please? I just need to take a look at them to find the other two suspects. We're with the detective. Oh, yes, of course you are. You have Charlie with you? We'll get them all to the lineup for you. No problem. The officers get the suspects to line up and Brooks smirks at Charles. There. How's that, hmm? All you did was tell him the truth, dummy. Hey, watch it. The officer finishes lining them up, and Brooks looks through the lineup. No, no, no. Hmm. Oh, you, right there. Who, me? Yes, what's your name? Uh, uh, Ellen Dyer. Okay, come and stand over here with the kid. Dyer looks confused, but walks over. Brooks keeps looking around. Hmm... And... You! Right there! You're referring to me now? Yes, that's correct. What's your name? Luke Hunter, and I suppose you want me over by the kid as well, yes? Yes, that's all, officers. Thank you. The officers nod and allow the volunteers to go back at ease. Oh! Hi, Bonnie! This is where you came? Yes! The officer I stayed with came here, so I just stayed with him. He's nice. Did you guys find the murderer yet? No, but we just gathered two more suspects. Well, if I see anything, I'll come right to you. Hey, after this mess is done, what are you going to be doing? <laughs> I'll be free for you, Charlie. <laughs> see you, Bonnie. Brooks and Charles starts to take the two other suspects back to Stone and Shepard. So, what exactly is this about? You two are suspects in a murder. Are you serious? What What murder? The one that just happened, you know, the woman tacked up on our backdrop like a crucifixion? The, the police said that was fake, that it was just a part of the show. 
Well, it's not. And you two helped out the theater troupe without actually volunteering, which means you could have killed her. You volunteered for the theater troupe too, Ellen. Well, not exactly, Luke. So you two know each other? Oh, yes. We are childhood friends. Thick as thieves, actually. Right. We do anything for each other. I can't believe you got past your mother to go volunteering, though, Ellen. You know how she can get... It was tough, actually. Look, this is all well and good, but you are still suspects for murder. I suggest you explain yourselves and why you volunteered without signing up. Gladly. I'm a handyman, and I just put my name on the volunteer list as a handyman so I could volunteer wherever I'm needed. Not just in one specific place. The theater troupe needed help with making the backdrop more stable and putting up the curtain. So I did just that. Then, afterwards, I went around to help the other folks who needed it. Um, I volunteer with my mother every year to help with the fireworks before the theater show. But there's not much to do before the fireworks, so I just enjoy the festival. I wanted to see how the theater group was doing. I really adore drama, and I guess they thought I was a volunteer. I wouldn't say no to helping the troupe. So, what did you help us with? I can't exactly remember. Well, I'm not all that talented, so I just helped you all rehearse some lines one last time. Remember? You had me listen to your monologue to see how sad and angry you could get as Jekyll. Oh yes, that's right. After I was done, I went straight to my mum to start the fireworks. Well, I don't see how either of you are the killers here, but Miss Stone is the detective. And Chief, not me. Hi. Let's get over there quickly. Stone and Shepard circle the pageant wagon looking for clues. I thought we were going to look at the body, Stone. What are we doing going around the wagon? Looking for clues. An investigation is more than just what you can definitely see. You also have to pay attention to what you can't see. So what? Are we looking for some blood or a point of entry? Actually, both. Look there, Shepard. Blood and footprints. And a muddy footprint on the stairs up to the stage. With more blood. That means the killer brought the body through the right side of the curtain. No. Killers. Not just one. This was a joint effort. How do you figure? Look at the ground where the blood is. No drag marks. The ground is soft enough for marks to be made if the body was dragged, and the blood is also untouched. The body would have smeared it. A person could have carried the body onto the stage by slinging her over their shoulder. Yes, but that would mean there would be one set of footprints in the ground here. There are two. Plus, if she was slung over someone's shoulder, the blood wouldn't have dripped like it did. It would have soaked into the person's shirt. So that means the person wasn't strong enough to carry the woman on their own. Or they were smart enough to keep a bloody woman off their back so they wouldn't get blood on themselves. Or they both wanted to kill her. Yes, that's right. So out of the four suspects, who are you thinking? Well, I have a feeling it's not the little old lady or the foreign girl. But the two brothers don't seem nearly as bright enough to even commit murder correctly. I guess we are going to have to see who Charlie brings to us as the other suspects. Well... Let's go check out the body now, hmm? Stone and Shepard go into the curtain and onto the stage. Shepard lights the lamps on the inside of the stage and they both cringe at the sight. Yikes! I've seen a lot in my day, but I've never been ready for this. Agreed. The poor girl was mistreated. To think some cowards wanted to make her a spectacle. How deplorable. I figured she was murdered before she was tacked up. These are some heavy-duty nails. It's a wonder that the wood for the backdrop didn't split. I think the wood is rather thick for a backdrop, and it's propped up pretty well so it wouldn't fall over. Lucky for the murderers, I suppose. Her neck was sliced pretty deep. The blood is finally coagulated, and it's cut right up to the bone. She bled a lot here. Yikes. Also, look at her clothes. I noticed that. They're rather sloppy, don't you think? 
Shepard, it's all bunched up. Some of the buttons are skipped. And her hair is half in her bow and half down. I'd say that's a lot more than just sloppy. It's like she was dressed by a child. Or she was redressed by people who were rushing, didn't know what they were doing, or both. Are you saying that the murderers undressed her at some point? I believe so. You can tell because of the lack of blood splatter on the clothes. If the woman was killed by the slashing of the neck, the clothes should have a good amount of blood splatter on them. But the only blood on the clothes is the blood that ran down from her neck. Blood splatters look different than blood that is soaked up. Either way, she and the murderers were into some pretty sketchy business. I could tell she was in the sketchy business just by the way she dressed. And I don't mean the sloppy way it was put back on. Oh, look at this, Shepard. It's a bit of fabric in her neck. Fabric? Yes, it looks like burlap, actually. Burlap? There's no way this girl would wear anything burlap. Agreed. So the only way it would be on her is if they carried her in a sack. But that couldn't be possible because the blood wouldn't have dripped onto the ground. That is true, Shepard. So why does she have burlap on her? To be honest, I think this was a blood guard. You mean to tell me that the murderers used a burlap sack around the knife to slice her neck so the blood wouldn't splat her up on them? Yes. Oh, bloody. This was definitely a premeditated murder. There was nothing off the cuff about this. Well, just so you know, rigor mortis hasn't set in yet, so the body hasn't been dead long. We've got a window of about three hours. Considering that the neck has finished coagulating, we can shave off about a half an hour before we looked at her. So about a half an hour to an hour ago, she has been dead. Wait, didn't the grand firework performance happen right before the theatre troupe was supposed to put on a show? It lasted about 30 minutes. The show was supposed to be put on half an hour ago. I think the fireworks would have been a great time to kill the girl. Yes, I believe you're right, Shepard. Everyone would have been watching the fireworks, so no one would have been watching the stage or paying attention to a girl being brought onto the stage, especially since this stage was behind everyone on the other side of the festival. Plus, if they timed it right, they could nail her up with the blasts of the fireworks causing no one to notice the noises of hammers. Well, the murderers really thought of everything. But now we know that the time of death was about an hour ago. They would have killed her right when the fireworks started or right before, so they would have had enough time to nail her up, get out, and merge with the people, and no one would be the wiser. I guess the only question now is, why and who? We need to ask the suspects where they were during the fireworks, right before the fireworks, if they had a solid alibi for that time, if they know the girl, and I guess we'll go from there. That sounds like a plan. Come on, then. Can we go the dusk is here. Shh! Silence, my pets. The creatures of the night wish to be unseen. Those mortals must not know who we are. How boring. I love the screams. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. But we must blend in to do the most scaring. Then might I suggest a mask of some sorts? Truly frightening. Deadly. Blood curdling. Horrifying. Yes, I do believe you are on the right track, my pets. Do you have a potion for that? Yes, I do. Get any mask your heart desires to be the scariest monster on the block this Halloween. It's free. Hades, no. Buy a mask today from Medusa's Masks. That's Medusa's Masks, the best masks money can buy for Halloween. Eat up, let's go, my boy, let us sleep in our boy. Eat up, 
goblins of the night, you might be able to terrify people with your scares, but I know what's more terrifying. Unremovable stains! You know what I'm talking about. Chocolate on the carpet, gum on your clothes, caramel on the counters. Yes, when Halloween rolls around, so do new types of stains. When your kids bring home candy, bring home Sophie Soap Suds. Sophie Soap Suds have active agents that break down even the toughest, stickiest stains. Candy won't stand a chance, and Sophie Soap Suds can be put right in the clothes washer. When you need stains removed, you know what to buy. That's right. When all other soaps are duds, try Sophie's Soap Suds. The two exit the stage and walk down just as Charles and Brooks come back with the two other suspects. Miss Stone, Chief Shepard, we are back with the two other suspects. This is Ellen Dyer and that is Luke Hunter. They are childhood friends. They said they would do anything for each other. And Miss Dyer didn't volunteer because she didn't want her mother to know. And Mr. Hunter didn't volunteer because he's a handyman and expected to volunteer elsewhere. Mr. Hunter helped by putting up the curtain and stabilizing the backdrop while Miss Dyer helped people rehearse their lines before going to help her mother with the fireworks. Did I forget anything, kid? No, except that Mr. Hunter, after helping the troop, went around to the other people to help them with stuff. All right. Good job, you two. You actually gave us quite a bit of information. Mr. Brooks, this is your first time in an investigation, isn't it? I just have a good memory, and I am good at improv no matter what this cheeky kid says. Well... Why does everyone have to call me cheeky? Just wait until you get older. Then you'll just be called cocky, audacious, or both. That's what they call you, huh? Yes. And you call me no fun. But I did get a little redemption after we left the tavern. What are you talking about? The little mister here went as red as a tomato after making a date with a little girl at the tavern. Oh my, you mean Bonnie? Why would you say that? I thought we were friends, Mr. Brooks. Stone chuckles. Shepard gets annoyed. Anyway, can all the suspects gather around? We would like to know if you all know this woman. Everyone looks to the grisly sight again, looking at the woman's face. The girl I do not know. Is this what London is? Blood? Death? That's murder. 
And London is more than that. Well, not if you hang around Stone. Well, I don't know the deceased either. Same. Just seems like another pretty face to me. Too bad she died. <laughs> you two seriously don't know her. Of all the people here, I thought you two would have been the brothel type. I agree with Luke. You two aren't exactly very handsome, you know. Wait, this woman was in a brothel? Yes, everyone knows that. At least everyone who lives near where she worked. You're kidding me. She was in a brothel. That dirty little fink. Whoa, you two. What are you so angry about? Some women are in that profession. Besides, you didn't even know her. I heard that she went out with ten men a week just last month. She was engaged to some man who is born, but no face, then cheated on him with his brother. How do you know that? Excuse me, Mum, but you seem like the elder who would knit all day and stay inside. How do you know anything about brothels? What do you think my knitting club does? Knit in silence? Sonny, I know everything that goes on in this town, if it's a juicy scandal. So you have a club of gossipers? I like to call it a club of fun information. Right. Well, I guess we were right about the woman being in sketchy business, Shepard. Yes, that's true. Yet we don't even know her name. Neither do I, but she was a nasty woman. She treated every woman with contempt and every man like prey to be bested. I had some words with her. They weren't pleasant. Oh, I remember that. She was trying to... Oh, I don't even know with me. I kept on trying to get her to go because I'm betrothed, but it was like that made her want me more. I think she gets her jollies from wrecking relationships. Anyway, Ellen saved me. Lovely. So you two had a grudge for her? Absolutely hate her. Uh, you know that makes you two our prime suspects, right? What? Just because we hate her doesn't mean we killed her. Yes, besides, we only met her once. I stayed away from that side of town as much as possible after that. Well, we still have an investigation to conduct. Don't think you are out of the clear yet. We would like to know where everyone was about ten minutes prior to the fireworks show. We were getting cake from that woman's stand. Yes, exactly. You can at least let me finish saying my sentence. So that means you were at the stand at the time, Miss White. Yes, I was watching the fireworks with my husband and a few other street vendors. I can back up the story. They came to me about ten minutes to the fireworks and bought some chocolate cakes and then left. They seemed to go off to the tavern. Oh, that's right. A chocolate cake always goes good with beer. Well said, brother. Right. And you, Mrs. Rotheimer? I was husband. He took me around festival. We had fun. We talk. Talk. Ubersacken. We watch fire. Boom. Boom. Ruttheimer started to get frustrated with finding the right words to say to get her point across. Stone stopped her. It's okay, ma'am. You were with your husband the whole time. I suspect you couldn't have been alone because you wouldn't have been able to get anything done by speaking to people. They can't understand you, can they? No. Thank you, ma'am. What about you two? I was helping my mother set up the fireworks with the other volunteer who helps us with the fireworks. We had to make sure everything was perfect so the fireworks would set off well. And I was blowing out the lamps that were near where the fireworks would be. I was asked to help blow them out because it makes the experience more enjoyable. The only lamps left were on the ones near the stage. Well, that's not a terribly great alibi, but maybe you all can tell me what you were doing during the fireworks display. We watched the fireworks, obviously. Yes, isn't that what anyone would do? We watched them together. Husband and me watched fire boom. Very pretty. Yes, I watched the firework with my husband and a few other street vendors. Ellen, my betrothed, and her son watched the fireworks with me. It was most spectacular this year. Each year just gets better and better. All right. The only one with a good alibi is Mrs. White, because she was with other people that aren't family. 
Family usually backs each other up. Shepard is right. There's no way that Ellen or I could have done it. I wouldn't throw my life away just because some woman was rude. Neither would Ellen. Yes, exactly. That's just stupid. Maybe you're just saying that to throw them off the trail. Exactly. Are you accusing me? This is because I called you two not handsome, isn't it? Okay, all of you shut up. I can't make heads or tails of this stone. Yes, I know what you mean. Mr. Brooks, Charlie, watch the suspects over there, please. Shepard and I are going to talk. Narrator. Brooks and Charles take the suspects to the chairs and sit them down as Stone and Shepard step onto the stage, facing away from them. What's there to be said? I think we should go over everything one more time. Let's start with the body. We know that the girl is in a brothel and treats everyone like they are lower than she, which is rather backwards to me. Also, she was nailed up to the backdrop with heavy-duty nails after she was dead. She was killed by a slash to the throat that was cut all the way to the bone. She was undressed before she was killed, most likely by the murderers, and then the clothes were put back on in haste. She also had a piece of burlap in her neck, and we know she was killed during, or right before the fireworks show. She was taken here, uncovered, and then tacked up according to the blood we found on the ground. Speaking of the blood, let's talk about the murderers now. We know there are two because the two sets of footprints on the ground and the way the blood dropped. Plus, it would be pretty hard to nail a person up without someone holding the person. Also, we know that they used a burlap sack as a knife guard when they sliced her neck. This was a premeditated murder, so they had planned everything out. They took the loudness of the fireworks to nail her up so no one would notice the bang of a hammer. The murderer is two of the suspects out there. Speaking of that, we can cross Mary White and Adelaide Rudheimer off our list of potential suspects. True. Besides, the fact that one of them can't really speak English and the other is quite old, they are the only ones that didn't know the other suspect in an intimate way. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense that the two of them would kill together. There would be no trust in that relationship. Although, they could have killed with their husbands, but that doesn't hold much water against the four suspects we have. Especially since the two Fisher boys are strong men and helped everywhere. They could definitely overpower the girl, kill her, carry her to the stage, and nail her up with ease. And since the two childhood friends was a handyman who is also strong and has access to nails and messed with the backdrop and curtain, and the girl would do anything for the man... And they had clear motive. Exactly. Ellen Dyer helped the theater troupe with their lines, then went back to her mother to help with the fireworks or to enjoy the festival. She was with her mother before the display to prepare the fireworks, But she watched the fireworks with Hunter during the display. Luke Hunter helped the theatre troupe by stabilising the backdrop and setting up the curtain and then went to the other people of the festival to help them if they needed it. He was blowing up the lamps before the fireworks and watched the fireworks with Daya, his betrothed and their son during the display. Ben and Frederick Fisher helped the theatre troupe by bringing in all the equipment they needed to be set up and the chairs and then went to help others after they were done. They got chocolate cake and beer before the display and watched the fireworks together during the display. Well, we laid it out and it's still a little foggy. I have an idea to who it is. I just wish we had actual proof. If only I had just a little more evidence. Miss Stone! Miss Stone! Ah, the cavalry's here. Bonnie has something to tell you. All right, spit it out. Well, I told Charlie that if I noticed anything, I would tell you guys. And I did. I was getting bored with the police officer and I started to kick a rock. I accidentally kicked it farther than I wanted to, and it shot over to the side of the tavern. I went to get it and stumbled upon drops of blood, and then when I looked closer, it looked like it led someplace. Seriously, what do I pay my officers for? The children are finding everything. Show us, Bonnie. Take us to the blood trail. 
Bonnie nods and takes all three to the tavern where she takes them to the side of it and shows them the blood. There! That's the blood I found! So it is. Look, Stone, it looks like the blood goes towards the stage. Lucky for the murderers, they didn't have a long way to go, and it wasn't very near the action of the fireworks. The tavern is closer to the stage than it was the display. Yes, but I believe the most important information here is where the blood came from, not where it went. I think it's going behind the tavern. All four people go behind the tavern. Look for something out of place. Obviously. They all look around. Aha! What? What What did you find? The burlap sack. It was in the bushes over here, stuffed behind it with the knife still in it. Stone brings it to Shepard. I guess you were right about it being the knife guard. You mean because of the blood spatter on the one side? Was that so the blood wouldn't get on the person? Yes, exactly. This is a good piece of evidence, but it still doesn't definitively say who the murderer is. Hey, look at this weird smudge behind the sack. It's on the other side of the blood splatter, and it doesn't really look like blood, it's kind of brown. What? Stone turns over the sack and looks at it with Shepard. Bonnie, you're a genius! You just put all the pieces together, haven't you? I believe I know as well. Charlie, hold tight to Bonnie. I definitely approve of her now. Oh, yes. I've just solved the case. Oh, Miss Stone. Come on, Shepard. It's about time we start the play, hmm? We have one doozy of a performance to give the good people of London. Here we end the 10th episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find the killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG or tweet us at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.